Hey everyone, Justin's nephew Jackson wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Yeah. Pay, Pay. Jury. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jury Daily Podcast. My name is Justin Robert Young. We do it on the daily. I got a little bit of a personal story for you, and it's got some uh, it's got some twists and turns. As many of you may know, about two years ago, I began to have what initially started as pain in my left leg. I would notice it while I was running. And uh, that was something that I, I did every day. You know, it was part of my daily routine was to get up, have a little breakfast sandwich, and go run Lake Merritt, which is this little lake in Oakland. But when you're running, it's about a 5K. It's nice. So I started noticing that I had this pain in my left leg. Went to the doctor. The doctor says, well, it's back pain. You might not think it's back pain. Your back doesn't hurt, but your leg hurts. It, it's a, a, a you know, nerve that's running. It's the sciatic nerve that's running into your leg. But I got worse and worse and worse and worse. And she told me to lay off running, you know, and that sucked. It sucked not having to be able to rely on those endorphins, you know, because sometimes I'd wake up, I'd be in a bit of a funk. You know, it sucks to wake up sometimes. But you go out, you get your run in, you're feeling a lot better. And I came to rely on that, and it was taken away. Well, what happened past that was really hard. And to be honest, the further I get away from it, the more I realize that it affected me. Uh, I, you know, became a lot more sedentary. I drank a lot more. I, you know, had, uh, uh, it was sad. I was sad. You know, I don't think that it was great for me career-wise. It certainly wasn't great for me uh, uh, mentally. But slowly but surely, things got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And I began to walk a little bit more because I hadn't really been able to walk. You know, any time that I would get up, uh, it would hurt. It would hurt a lot. Now, eventually, I'd realize that being sedentary might have set me back even further. I should have maintained some kind of uh, a physical movement, and that's something that's a live and learn situation. But eventually I realized I just needed to get out. So what I did was I cleared my Fridays. I'd do a stream in the morning on Fridays, and then I would be out. Nothing else for the rest of the day. By about noon. And so what I would do is something that I had not done in a very long time. And that is walk 
from where I live to downtown Oakland. Specifically, I would go to one of the landmarks of the skyline of downtown Oakland. In fact, it's it's probably, aside from the Bay Bridge, one of the most identifiable landmarks in Oakland. It's a big old tower. It says Tribune on it. It's the old Tribune Tower. In the lobby of that building was a place called Tribune Tavern. I, it was a nice place. You know, they had decent food, some specials. They courted mostly a business crowd, a little bit of a tourist crowd. I don't know exactly how many people are coming down to Oakland just for tourism, but if they are, then this is a nice enough place that you can sit down in the middle of the day. It was open from like, you know, late morning, well into the night. So it, it catered to that crowd. It's not specifically hip. It's not super special. It's not anything that anybody would say like, oh, you got to go here and get the blank. But it became special to me. Mostly because it represented the fact that I could walk there. And sometimes it sucked. It sucked ass to walk there. It would hurt really fucking bad to walk there. But I just knew I had to get there. I knew I had to do it. I knew that that was my Friday, that I'd cleared it out. So imagine my annoyance when one day I go in there and eventually, you know, going to any place enough, you meet the bartenders, you meet the uh, servers, stuff like that. So you start to know everybody. And one of the regular servers that I, I had gotten used to says to me, well, you're here on our last day open. And I'm shocked. I'm like, what, 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 what do you mean your last day open? This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's something to do with the landlord and earthquake regulations. It sounded stupid to me at the time. In fact, I believe if you just Google Tribune Tavern closing right now, just go to your computer and then you scroll down a little bit. There's an East Bay Express article that still has my embedded tweet from when I first tweeted about it. Uh, I'm reading it right now. The Tribune Tavern in Oakland is closing tonight. It has been my afternoon office on Friday since I went indie. I love it. Frowny face. I was bummed, man. It hit me in a weird way because it was something that, again, was a measure of my recovery. It was a measure of my return to normalcy. Now, that return to normalcy also came with chicken wings and beer, which I also like. And it also let me focus on just like I would clear out my email. I would set up uh, uh, the, the, the docs for all the shows. It was just good for me. Now, if you did what I said and Googled Tribune Tavern Closing, uh, uh, you probably spoiled yourself on the end of this story. But if you read the one that I just put uh, uh, that my, I'm quoted in. You will find out the way I found out why the Tribune Tavern accidentally closed. Because the headline to that article is Tribune Tavern restaurant at center of massive scam suddenly closes. So let's fast forward to today. Today. Here's another headline. Oakland businessman accused in a $110 million immigration scam. 
Oakland businessman Thomas Henderson, 70, is accused of being the mastermind of a $110 million immigration scam, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. He promised to create 2,000 jobs in Oakland through a visa program known as EB-5. It gives green cards to investors who contribute $500,000 to U.S. businesses that create at least 10 full-time jobs. In reality, the U.S. Attorney's Office says Henderson and two associates took money from 200 Asian investors to enrich themselves and pay for other business ventures, many of which failed. Quote Chinese community activist Carl Chan, The disappointing thing is that many of them are Chinese. They wholeheartedly think that they are putting money and they are selling a, a, a picture like, oh, you can stay by getting a green card. Chan continues, he actually came to our community and did talk to many potential investors. And in fact, many of us, including myself and many business people, went to the presentation. It was very impressive. The newly unsealed federal indictment says that investors believe they were paying to fund businesses sponsored by Henderson's San Francisco Regional Center. The website said safe investments to set your family on the path to American citizenship. This dude took the dreams of people who wanted to live in America, took their cash, and spent it unwisely. One of those unwise investments is the historic Tribune Tower, which he bought in 2011, where he opened the Tribune Tavern. That's why the Tribune Tavern closed. Henderson was arrested on those charges yesterday, by the way, which I suppose is justice, but doesn't bring the restaurant back. But wait, there is a happy ending to this story because it was not but a few months ago, uh, earlier this year, that all of a sudden I see a sign in the window of the Tribune Tavern, empty. Abandoned. They never put anything else in there. And it says, Tribune Tavern coming soon. So I read about it online. Turns out that the Tribune Tavern was a co-venture between Henderson and chef Chris Pastena. Probably mispronouncing your name, Chris. If you're hearing this, I'm sorry. But they've also opened some of the other cool restaurants that I like here in Oakland. Or at least Pastena has, and he still runs them. Turns out the people that bought the Tribune Tavern from Henderson amidst all this scandal wind up going back to Chris. And they say, Chris, would you like to reopen the Tribune Tavern? And he says, yes. It's going to take a little while. He's got a few other restaurants that he's in the middle of uh, uh, doing some upgrades to. But fall. Fall 2019 is when you can expect the reopening of the Tribune Tavern. After tomorrow's episode, you're going to listen to a bunch of episodes that'll be on the road. I'm going to be in Austin. We got the live show at the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival. And then I'm going to be in Atlanta for Dragon Con. But after Labor Day, that first week, of September, or maybe a little bit later than that, September 10th, 
right as I get back, the Tribune Tavern will be reopening. And holy shit, I cannot wait to walk in. Quick update on yesterday's entertainment report. Man, it looks like this thing is for real. Looks like uh, Sony and Disney no longer going to be in business together when it comes to Spider-Man. This was a Sony statement that came out on Twitter last night. Much of today's news about Spider-Man has been mischaracterized. Recent discussions about Kevin Feige's involvement in the franchise. We are disappointed, but respect Disney's decision to not have him continue as the lead producer of our next live-action Spider-Man film. We hope this might change in the future, but understand that many new responsibilities that Disney has given him, including all of their newly added Marvel properties, do not allow him time to work with the IP they don't own. Kevin is terrific, and we are grateful for his help and guidance and appreciate the path that he has helped put us on, which we will continue. I am brought back to our discussion of Mia Khalifa a few weeks ago, (laughs) who says she only made $12,000 in pornography. That she was there for a very brief amount of time, right? So she did some of the base rates that you get if you get into porn and you're, you know, a young lady, right? The big money would come in later as you now control a little bit more of your own fan base and can negotiate for hire. This is just entertainment. It's not necessarily a a porn-specific issue. This is leverage and negotiation. So from Disney's perspective, they have the golden goose. Just to give you a perspective of what Kevin Feige has done, he has made damn near $30 billion dollars with money, uh, with, with movies that he has produced. Last year alone, or this year alone, the current year that we are in, the year of our Lord 2019, most likely the top three movies, or three of the top five, rather, will be Kevin Feige produced movies. Endgame, Captain Marvel, and Spider-Man Far From Home. He also earned a Oscar nomination for the Black Panther movie. So you can understand that like, okay, look, we we came in, we made the good faith deal on Spider-Man that that we would uh, not take money up front, right? But we would take the merchandising. We would take very little money off off the the gross of the movie. You get that. Spider-Man Far From Home becomes the highest grossing Sony movie of all time. And at that point, it's like, well, let's go ahead and get to talking. And so now it seems like Sony and Disney are at a bit of an impasse. Because Sony does have the card of, hey, look, do you really want to do the new phase of Marvel movies without without Spider-Man? And Disney's looking back at Sony and saying, Do you really want to have a massive fan backlash? Because the heart 
of why this Spider-Man was different but was because it was part of this larger interconnected universe where these characters can come in and out. You can have Iron Man a part of it. You can have uh, uh, Hogan a part of it. You can have Nick Fury. You really want that? Do you really want to give up the fact that a lot of people went to go see Far From Home that made you all that money because it was a spiritual and informational successor to Endgame? How many people just go see another Spider-Man movie compared to how many people go see another Spider-Man movie that also continues this larger story? You want to give that up? You want to give up all the other money you can make on these other properties? You want to give up on the idea that maybe we could work in some of the other stuff that uh, uh, you have brewing? The venoms of the world, the carnages of the world, that we can't work that into the Marvel Universe? You want to give all that up? Okay. I don't know if this is over. It doesn't smell over to me. But it certainly looks like this is real. And we're going to find out who blinks first. And if nobody does... Well, everybody's poorer for it. Emails. All right, I promised you guys that we would do Real Talk Wednesday. We got a Real Talk Wednesday email. Anonymous Diamond writes, here's a little something, and it might be a little bit too much of a bummer. I've always used humor to deflect when things get real. It got me through a childhood with a mentally ill and neglectful parents. Eventually, I learned to tolerate honest emotion being in my presence without making the equivalent of a fart noise, mostly because wives don't put up with that shit. When I met my wife, she was just recovering from rare and aggressive bone cancer that had an extremely low survival rate. She's still struggling with that emotional and physical effects of the intense experimental medications and surgery she's had. But together, we banked 17 great years of memories and raised two great kids. This summer, my wife has been diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer, and I am hella scared. I can't focus on my work. I keep having dreams about her dying. I feel like I'm walking around with a phony smile pasted on to keep from crying. Right now, I think she needs positivity and strength. At the same time, I don't want to fall back on my fart-noising, crying clown, phony self. How do I keep it real without gushing out all of my dark thoughts? Oh boy. Uh, This is something that I, I don't have a lot of personal experience on. FYI. So, this might be the wrong advice. In general, my my big thing is, you know, to thyself be true. And I think you need to keep that in mind. But, But also, communication is going to be the bigger thing. You know, I would say take her lead on exactly what she wants. You know, yeah, you can be there to just be the North Star of positivity to know that when she's wallowing or when she's in a dark place that 
you can pull her back or or at least let her know where she needs to go. You can indulge, you know, her just kind of getting the getting the ugly out. But I would say more than anything, what you need to be is honest. You need to make a connection with her. And obviously you do uh, as husband and wife, but through this process, you know, admitting you're scared, trying to provide levity where you can. I don't think, by the way, that trying to lighten the mood every once in a while is necessarily an awful thing. It's bad when you're avoiding a topic. But oftentimes, you know, when everybody's, when you're into the feedback loop of you feel bad, so sad, because you feel bad, so sad, because you feel bad, so sad, that kind of stuff, then putting a fart noise in there probably isn't the worst thing. You don't need to do it all night, as long as everybody understands and feels heard. That's pretty basic advice, but... It's really all I know for right now. If anybody else has any suggestions, then go ahead and write them in. We can keep this going on Real Talk Wednesday. Of course, if you want to write in for anything, jurydaily at gmail.com. Again, that is jurydaily at gmail.com. I want to thank our producers, the Jed, non-specific rock and roll Martian, Steven, whoa, James, the OG Brito, whoa, and Chris. You can email me. Jurydaily at gmail.com, Twitter and Instagram at Justin R. Young, and you can join our Discord at bit.ly slash jury discord. Until next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young letting you know. Please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky, but until I speak to you again, please don't Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>